Just a weird faith boy, born and raised in weird faith Detroit. He took a weird faith train going any weird, weird faith, weird faith, weird faith in the boulevard. There's weird faith. Weird faith in the night. Weird faith. Weird faith. We're finished a weird faith. Weird faith. Weird faith. Weird faith. Weird weird faith. Hold on to that weird faith, weird faith, weird faith. faith. Welcome to the Weird Faith Podcast. I mean, please let us know that wasn't that bad. I couldn't get those high notes. Again. I was impressed. Phil, Phil got the harmony. I was impressed with all of it. I don't know how it'll sound in this. Thing. <laughs> Let yeah. us know in the comments. Weird. How bad that sounded in your car on the radio. Yeah. How many of you all just fell off your treadmill <laughs> playing fitness? <laughs> hey guys, we're so excited to be back with you, and we are going to do something very exciting today. We're going to give away for the first time one of our weird faith ooh, T-shirts. Ooh. But before we do, you know how you were able to. Uh, Join in and enter your name into that drawing, and we'll do this for the next couple episodes. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and read some of these comments of how they uh, put their name into this drawing. So first we have Carla Carr talking about how Jesus's impact and influence on the world is just so important. And she talked about uh, how cool it was to be able to talk about that. I saw her comment later, too, about my Freddie Freeman comments. That, oh, yeah. Like, she liked that I almost picked him just because he likes to hug people. Uh-huh, absolutely. Yeah. We got uh, Chad Shaw for the first time joining us uh, in the podcast. Uh, he says that he loves that we're able to use technology for uh, good. There's a lot of people out there uh, using it for evil, and uh, but it is a tool that we can use for for influence. Influence. And this being good is still subjective. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. We think yeah. it's awesome. At least neutral. At least we know these people are, are <laughs> These people are her friends. And Karen. <laughs> uh, Samantha Audia says she loves the intro that we did. What was last one? Uh, we in did the Jungle, right? A Weird of Faith. The Weird yeah. of Faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Should we do it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she talked about the quote where uh, we're supposed to care about people who can't bring anything to the table. And when Pastor Josh said that, uh, who can I influence today? Who can influence someone tomorrow? Who can influence someone 10 years from now? And that's mm. such a, 
a cool thing to talk about if you missed that last episode uh, about influence and not just our influence, but the influence of Jesus Christ. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, fun fact from Janie Carico. Uh, she said, our son Tim spent his college freshman year at UT as a walk-on kicker for uh, the football team and Peyton Manning. Uh, his senior year, uh, locker was right behind Tim's, and he got a signed football uh, for mm. his little brother, Adam, which is pretty Sell cool. that bad boy on eBay. That's right, yeah. <laughs> it, I think me. it's one of those situations <laughs> where you like have to say it's for someone else. I can't imagine going up to... A teammate? A, yeah, a teammate and being like, hey, can I have your autograph? It's always going to be like... For it's my like brother. those... I mean, it's, would it's, you guys feel weird if I asked for your autographs? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'll do it. I'll give it to you, though. Okay. (laughs) Nesha talked about loving the uh, intro and how uh, there's so many negative influences out there. And then Scott Fowler talked about uh, the growth of the Roman Empire being a proof for uh, the authenticity of the Christian faith uh, because... Uh, what did I say? The, you said yeah, that, the, yeah. Uh, the growth of Christianity within, during within the, the Roman, Roman Empire. Empire. Yeah, don't point I thought I heard way. you backwards. Was yeah, like, well, I was the concerned. Roman Empire was really influential in that they right. made roads that would connect places so that the you know the gospel could spread quickly. There was one language, currency, all that kind of stuff that made made it easier. So even in my mistake, I turned it around to no, I think that was mm. good. That's hey. Just like God can turn anything around. Right? Like, his, did you say God makes mistakes? No, I said He could turn anything around. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, He can turn your mistakes yeah. into oh, something yeah, beautiful, yeah. Scott. Okay, beautiful, Scott. Uh, he also referenced uh, Popeye as a Robin Williams movie. Uh, 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 that's a oh. deep cut. I know I've, I've, never, I've, never, I've never. I don't know if I've seen it. I know I've seen little clips of it before. Uh, but uh, Jamie Barber also uh, talked about. Um, what did she reference there? I sent it to you guys. Here it is. Uh, she talked about how she did a Jesus juke on us a little bit. She said her spa- uh, favorite sports icon is Jesus, I think. <laughs> because, uh, you know, he's best at everything. So maybe. I, I mean, Josh and I talked about it from a fashion standpoint. Dude, I mean, he was probably the best. You're still rocking the sandals. I'm still rocking the sandals <laughs> like my savior does. <laughs> yeah, you could pick Jesus for any of those. Yeah, Music. Never a wrong answer. Sure. Probably shreds on the guitar. Well, and who has more songs written about him than Jesus? Mm, That's true. Musical icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Awesome. So I think Scott's got us today. Oh, before we go. Yeah, we got to do this wrap. We got to get this shirt away. I'm so excited. I hope it's me. I didn't comment, though. So (laughs) going back to the days of our uh, African Safari episode, I don't remember. What was the name of the... we gave you a name, didn't we? Uh, you so we or had, no, I wore this, and you had the puppet that's up there, uh-huh. which Dino, was Dino, Dino, Dino the Dingo Dog. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, since Josh really wants to win, but he won't because we didn't put his name in here, <laughs> uh, we'll let him at least pick out the winner Aww. of this amazing T-shirt. All right, flip these papers around. It could be anybody in the world, but the winner is Scott Fowler. Yay! We'll get with you, Scott, and we will uh, make sure we have the right shirt size. Hopefully, for you. you like an extra small shirt because that's all we got. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We got you a right size. We would all be in trouble with an extra small <laughs> shirt. Yeah. So, Scott Fowler, you will be getting the first ever given away Weird Faith, Faith t-shirt. t-shirt. You better that's rock amazing. that thing and wear us well as a human billboard. Yeah. So I love it. So by the time this episode drops, uh, we will have just celebrated. Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of you amazing dads. Uh, Hopefully it was a good weekend for you. Uh, So we thought 
let's talk about things that are all about dads. And we're not going to talk about the dad bod or the New Balance sneakers or the right kind of Hawaiian t-shirts. Mm. What are dads most known for? Corny jokes that become known as dad jokes. Yeah. So I thought it'd be fun to kick off our time together today. We're going to do some dad jokes, but what actually makes a joke a dad joke? When does a joke become a dad joke? Do you know the answer? Mm. Oh, wait, hold on. When it becomes apparent, yeah. <laughs> right? So, but according to the Oxford Dictionary, a dad joke is an unoriginal or predictable joke, especially a pun or a type supposedly told by fathers. All right, so, right, and if you're if you're a guy who tells a joke and you're not a dad, you are a faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> we're off to a good start. Now, how we're we gonna do this? We're gonna we all have some jokes prepared. I looked down and saw. Uh, Phil has a website open over over 200 jokes, so <laughs> this could go a while. Now we're gonna cap it off about probably 10. Okay. Uh, the the goal is to make each other laugh. So I have a little scorecard over here. Each of us are gonna take turns telling a joke. If the other person laughs, we get a point per person. So if I make both of these guys laugh, I get two points. If you laugh at your own joke, you lose a point because that's just embarrassing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And our, yeah. our my Josh's goal, I think, is just to be giggling by the end of this whole thing. <laughs> I, I just hope there's like laughter throughout, but I'm laughing thinking about it already. It'll be cringy at the very least. The best part is we'll be trying so hard not to laugh. We can't hear what they're doing. I hope someone's like listening and just dying hysterically yes. while drinking coffee in Starbucks or yeah, something. Andrea Gwynn better fall off a treadmill. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready? Mm-hmm. I got ready as I can here. be. Are you gonna do, how do you want to do this? It's up to you, host. I'm gonna let the faux pas go first. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, then we'll do it by your the oldest. I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, kick things off here. Oh, I know. No, no, I haven't even said the joke yet. So, uh, so actually, pretty tragic. You might think this is funny, but I had a friend who was dying, but he asked that his ashes be pressed into a record. It was his vinyl request. <laughs> That's a laugh. That's a laugh. Even if it's just <laughs> quietly, that's a laugh. All right. Why does a witch fly on a broom? Why? Because a vacuum was too heavy. <laughs> I can't look at you. He's over just cracking up. So, <laughs> so you, I just you get one I got a point too, to right? You lost two, right? So now uh, you're in the negative? No, what is it? Is it negative two? You laugh at your own. You lose a one point. Oh, okay. So I'm back down to zero. So you just I, cancel out. Yeah. Phil's going to be good at this. He can keep <laughs> a straight face. <sighs> Tori and I were at the movies. We went to see that Spider-Verse uh, movie. You know, and sometimes we bring candy. But I kept just pulling out candy, pulling out candy. And she asked me how I was doing that. And I said, well, I have a few twicks up my sleeve. Well done. Hmm. Well done. Josh? Okay, so uh, I was uh, studying some different countries, and uh, I started asking myself, what's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know. The flag's a big plus. Hmm. It is. (laughs) Is that you? (laughs) Did you all hear the story about the farmer who lost all of his crops and decided to Switched careers to the music industry instead. He had some pretty sick beats. Mm, beats. 
glasses. <laughs> so I saw that one beforehand, but it just made me think of Eli. Why does, so that's why I included it in here. Eli, this is just Eli, for you. you should start farming because you have such amazing beats. So, all right, <clears throat> back on track. I went to the recycling uh, center the other day, and I was talking to the guy, and he talked about how much he hated his job. All he does is crush cans all day. He said it's so depressing. That's pretty good. I heard a story about a... He's giggling already. <laughs> these these two fish that were you know sitting in the tank, and one turns the other and says, do you know how to drive this thing? <laughs> Like it's a tank. <laughs> Two fish in a tank, Scott. Get it? Over I need my head. Music like. <clears throat> why some? Why some music just for effects later? How about that? I can sing if you want me to. No, that will make it worse. Uh, I was out for a walk one day. When I saw a man in the river shouting, I can't swim! I can't swim! I called back, I can't play the piano, but you don't see me making a fuss about it. Mm-hmm. Good lesson there. Yeah. Where do pirates get their hooks? Where? Second hand store. Oh. I already read over that list. <laughs> so, you what? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I already read over that list. Before. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was like, scroll down big time. Yeah. All right. You still almost got me with the delivery. <laughs> the wiggling of my hook, I think, was the most. <sighs> All right. So it's pretty kind of sad, but I've just gotten to the point where I feel like I can't trust stairs anymore. I just feel like they're always up to something. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy theories. It is. So I saw a guy walking to a bar the other day. He was immediately disqualified from the limbo contest. How it works. What is Forrest Gump's password? I know this one. I want to hear you say it anyways. One, Forrest, one. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorites. That's a good one. I got one. All right. Yes, I'm back in the running. So uh, you were talking about Spider Man. I don't know why Marvel doesn't use the Hulk more for their advertising. He's basically one big banner. For those of you listening who have no idea what that was, Bruce Banner's the name of the Hulk. Yep. Just had to explain that one. What do you call an ostrich with his head in the sand? It doesn't matter. He can't hear you. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that even happens. It actually, statistically speaking, they do not put their heads in the sand. I once read this. Has it ever happened? No, I'll tell you another time about the study. I literally read a study on this one time because it was, you see comic strips of them, but they never do it. This is funnier than the joke. Isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Is it my turn? Yeah. Uh, Oh, I don't think I've ever told you guys about this, but I used to run a dating service for chickens, but I had to shut it down because I couldn't make hens meet. (laughs) I like to tell the story with it. That's pretty good. So I don't think I should have laughed like much as I did, but it was funny. It caught me off guard. I told you guys about my Chicken. my friend who died. Uh, did you know that 
your pupils are the last part to stop working when you die. They dilate. I used to fill my tires for free, but now it costs a dollar. I guess that's the rise of inflation. <laughs> it's mostly not trying to laugh. I know. I said, we just didn't look at each other. We'd give each other less points if we just didn't look at each other. <sighs> Scott's been working on clogged toilets a lot lately. It's true. The other day he found a wooden shoe in it. It was clogged. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, did you guys ever hear about the fad where people were eating Tide Pods? Ooh. So it's really easy to convince ladies not to eat Tide Pods, <laughs> but it's harder to deter gents. <laughs> Detergents. Mm -hmm. It's a stretch. Yeah. What does a nosy pepper do? Gets all up in your business. It's pronounced jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> Point for Phil. Yeah. That was a dad joke. <laughs> How do you find Will Smith in a snowstorm? You look for fresh prints. Well, I can't take Sully, my dog, to the pond anymore because the ducks keep attacking him. That's what I get for buying a purebred dog. Mm -hmm. mm. Ducks love bread. What did one Dorito farmer say to the other? Cool ranch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. People always say, just say no to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke, Josh. <laughs> just caught me off guard. But if you're talking to drugs, you probably already said yes. Dude, that's good. No. So 30% uh, of pet owners let their pets sleep in their bed. I tried it and my goldfish died. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <coughs> uh, how do you weigh a millennial in Instagrams? Mm. Yep. How come the Hulks doesn't lose his pants when he transforms? Because the experiment altered his genes. <laughs> That's good. All right. Why should you never eat a clock? It's time consuming. It's true. What did the husband say to his wife after getting LASIK surgery? Aren't you a cypher sore eyes? What's green and has wheels? Grass. I lied about the wheels. <laughs> I don't understand that one. I don't get it. But I had to say it. 
<laughs> All right. Um, That's the best like joke ever. The setup jokes that are just yes. no setup and action no delivery. Why do you never see pigs hiding in trees? Pigs can't get in trees. That's another one, just like the same one. When I was in school, this is a real story. I'm not talking about <laughs> Deviating. Uh, there was a joke that someone told once from the stage at like chapel or something like that. And it was a joke like, what did the dog say to the cat? And then they said, I don't know, but you're ugly. Are <laughs> those like anti jokes? I yeah. don't know. I guess you yeah. could just say that with anything. That's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> what invention allows you to see through walls? Windows. When we interviewed Scott. He asked this question, uh, or we were talking, right? And I asked him where he thought he saw himself in five years. And he answered, I think we'll still have mirrors in five years. Hmm. Was it, that's why we hired him, right? <laughs> right there. Out of the Nothing box. else qualified me except for that. Out of the yeah. box thinking right there. <laughs> so, you know, I mentioned the goldfish in the tank earlier. They were just following the commands of their generals. Do you know where generals keep their armies? In their sleeveys. In their sleeveys, Scott. What's their scores? I'm not going to tell you yet. Okay. Is there a couple more? Am I losing? I, I think we both are. <laughs> How do you make a water Whoa. bed bouncier? Whoa. You just skip over somebody? How? Yeah, it's spring water. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies! <laughs> That's a good one. All right. <clears throat> Gotta get my composure here. Okay. Why do bees have sticky hair? Because they use a honeycomb. Mm. That'll do it. That'll do it. My turn sure, we'll switch it up now. <laughs> <laughs> Name one famous Lance Armstrong. Uh-huh. A lot. What about Lance Bass? Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it isn't that common of a name these days, right? But back in medieval times, they called it they were Lance, called a Lance a lot. <laughs> you got it, you jerk. I was just guessing. <laughs> I was playing around a golf with a friend the other day, and a funeral procession was passed by. A friend laid down his club, took off his cap, and he bowed his head. I told him, my friend, in 40 years, I've never seen him so respectful to something. As he picked up his driver, he looked at me and said, it's the least I could do. We were married for 50 years of after all. It's a good story. It was. What did one Frenchman say to the other? I don't know. I don't speak French. Mm-hmm. 
You hurt yourself in this game. <clears throat> I just got my doctor test results. I'm really upset. Turns out I'm not going to be a doctor. Hmm. My doctor came into my hospital room this morning. So I got good news and bad news. <clears throat> I said, what's the good news? He says, you got 48 hours to live. I said, what could possibly be the bad news? He said, well, I forgot to tell you yesterday. Mm. Mm. That's the worst. Yeah, it is. I hate when that That'll happens. mess you up. It does. For at least a day. So there was uh, <laughs> two, two muffins sitting in the oven. You like muffins? I love muffins. I like your... Never mind. <laughs> so one muffin says to the other, wow, it sure is hot in here. The other one says, it sure is. Probably because it's 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Speaking of ovens, one time the dishwasher spoke to the oven. It had been a long, productive day, a lot of work. The dishwasher looked at the oven and said, Dude, you were on fire earlier. I was talking to Tori the other day, and we decided that we weren't going to have kids. Kids are taking it pretty badly. <laughs> <laughs> one more per piece? Yeah. Sounds good. I gotta look one up. <laughs> knock knock. Who's that? Dwayne. Dwayne who? Dwayne the bathtub. I'm drowning. That was one my dad used to say. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is brown? And sticky and sitting on a piano bench. Mm. Beethoven's last movement. Ew. Does it have wheels? I don't know. Talking to Chloe the other day, and she just screamed, Dad, you haven't listened to a word I've said all day. And I thought that was a weird way to start a conversation. Do we need to tell the winner? Because it's really depressing. Like, by a landslide. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, all right, just what was the actual scores? The actual the score. Positive? What'd you say? Right, was I in the positive? Yeah, you had one. Yeah! I had three, and you had seven. Holy moly. Dude. How did I do that? Congratulations! You kept yeah. laughing at your jokes. That, yeah, you okay. only laughed at your own twice. Yeah, that's what that's what hurts you. Yeah, and you're really good at keeping a straight face too. Yes, I could do that. I didn't feel like my jokes were landing at all, but I could keep a straight face. Here's what I want though. So I want our. The secret is not listening to the other people's jokes. <laughs> you were listening. <laughs> you just waited for your turn for us to no, look I at was, you. Yeah. It wasn't on purpose. I was looking at these, and then you guys would start laughing. I'd be like, "Oh, uh, yeah, what's up?" <laughs> uh, what I want from our weirdos, our uh, listeners, I don't want you to tell us who you thought had the best joke. I want you to take a step further and send us yeah. your best joke, but not in the way you think. I want you to send us a video of you telling us your favorite dad joke, and then I will put together a compilation video of our weirdos telling dad jokes for Father's yeah, Day. I like it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Man, that sounds It'd fun. be a week late for Father's Day, but it'd yeah. still be great. But you guys got to make sure you participate. Yes. Right? Early. Go ahead. Don't wait a week and a half. 
No. When, when when right when you when hear this the next right episode, now. we won't care anymore. Yeah. 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 Right we're when you hear this. That's what will be our intro next recording. time. How about that? Ooh, that will be the good. next introduction is them telling us of it. The I like it. Bad jokes. Like so. It. Are we not going to be able to sing? No, we're still going to We'll sing. still oh, sing. Okay. Okay. You will still we sing. We will introduce the introduction. How about this? If you all do that, I will join in and help write the song that we sing. Fake news. Fake news. We'll see. All right. But yeah, so please do that. We'd love to hear from you. But one of the things that we wanted to talk about since it was Father's Day is wisdom that we get from our dad. So without any kind of prep or any kind of prompting, I want to ask these guys, give me a nugget of wisdom that you carry from your dad. Don't be an idiot. Change your life. Change my life. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> before I do anything, I ask myself, would, would an, an idiot, idiot do, do that thing? Yep, 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 if yep. the answer is yes, I do not do that thing. <laughs> Go do it. Uh my dad always, when in, you know, I played basketball right. through high school and stuff, and uh, my dad would always tell me, "Don't worry, son. They have something you don't have, and you can't teach height." <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a true one over there? Uh, shorter well, than me. Right on the spot. And my dad is a super wise person, and that's so that's where I get it from. But, uh, but no, uh, I don't know. I, it's hard to pinpoint one thing. Uh, you talking about sports just made me think about my dad was just very big on like, you know, you never quit anything you start. So uh, there's just one that kind of popped into my head when you started talking about sports. So Yeah. Uh, your dad was a preacher. <clears throat> I'm actually quitting right now. So and, that's yes. why I brought it up. <laughs> so speaking was probably his thing. Yeah. My dad and probably your dad more showed us what to do with their actions more than yeah, I got you. Okay. My dad's showing up to work every single day and loving us and taking spending time. So if a dad speaks publicly, you can't do those things? Yes. <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> no, right? I'm just saying it was less about what he said and more about what he did. I, I got you. It would have been nice. I'm, it would have been a nice plus to maybe have some nuggets there too. But. Yeah. I, I would say just prioritizing family. Mm-hmm. Like that's like my dad all like I have so many memories of just spending all my Saturdays, like all my time, going out to eat. My dad taking us to the movies. Like he always made a big deal out of yeah. hanging out with us. Same thing. So, yeah. so the one that I I carry with me, and I still think about it on a daily basis, is one that my dad and my mom did too. So I'm not really sure which one of them will claim it as the one that they. But dad, you know, it's Father's Day. You can kind of claim it yeah. if you want to. Uh, he probably stole it from somebody else. If we're being honest, we, we kind of that's how we do things, especially pastors. We just take everyone else's stuff and use it as our own. Yeah. But the one that they shared with us on a daily basis was, was always remember whose child you are. So before we left for school, remember whose child you are. Before we went to camp, to sports, remember whose child you are. Before we went on our first date or to prom, remember whose child you are. Being, being Before being away from mom and dad for a long period of time, my mom and dad would say, always remember whose child you are. So before my, for my parents, that was a simple challenge that carried a ton of weight. Because it was a lot of things that they were trying to do, but this was a call to remember who we were as an individual and who we belonged to, because it was telling us to embrace our identity. Right. So for many, it sounds like a typical parent that would tell their child, "Hey, when you leave here today, don't embarrass the family, mm-hmm. or to remember who your mom and dad are, because everyone else knows who your mom and dad." But that's not what they were trying to do. They were simply trying to tell us the primary motivation for everything was, before all, we are a child of God. Remember whose child you are. You are God's children. And then secondly, we are children of Rich and Marilyn McClure. That's what they try to instill in us at a very young age. So before anything we had to do, before we left the house, that's what they would try to communicate to us. 
They want us to remember above all else that we were God's children. We were to represent our Heavenly Father and how we lived, how we carried ourselves, how we interacted with others. And that was the most important thing about us was that uh, identity as his children. And then, but yes, did my mom and dad love to make sure we weren't embarrassing them? Yes, but they also knew that if we weren't embarrassing our Heavenly Father, usually we were doing pretty good with mom and dad as well. What you got? So I've heard people in sports like, you know, make a basketball shot or maybe dunk or score a touchdown and then they say, who's your daddy? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> He could have said that when well, he walked we, out the door, right? Maybe you're, you're not just maybe, him, but also the, Dad. Thank you for never I saying like to, that to me. I like to think that's actually what he said every time. <laughs> yeah. And Scott heard it. Just, all I ever heard. Remember whose child you, you made, are? Made you, real deep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He never actually said those words. There's a dad joke. That was a dad joke. So when Phil finally dunks a basketball, uh, I have. He's going to turn around to the room of people who probably were not there to witness it. <laughs> It's He'll happened say, in my Who's dreams. Who's your daddy? It literally has happened in my dreams. Dude, I wish I could have a dream. All like of it? That. You yeah. screwing who's your daddy too? I could never have a dream like that. Yeah. Mine are only about <laughs> missing stress. <laughs> and like I've told them before about a dream that I had where an entire arena was waiting for me to make one three pointer. And you couldn't do it. And I couldn't. And then my arms got too tired and I couldn't even get close. And they all pitied it. And I was just sweating and it was quiet. <laughs> I, wow. Good things don't happen in my dreams. It's, it's just all my insecurity being amplified in my head. <laughs> but what I loved about this as a kid is, and even now as an adult, it was calling me to embrace my identity, but also to make sure I'm always bringing honor to, yes, my mother and father, but also more importantly, my heavenly father, and not bringing shame upon myself or to others, and more importantly, to the name of Jesus. And in the midst of temptations, difficult decisions, Issues I'm dealing with in life, I still call to my mind on a daily basis, remember whose child you are. Because it challenged me to embrace who I truly am and what I'm truly called to do. And that's my identity. In society, we hear a lot of discussions about identity. Because people want to know who they really are. They're searching for meaning and purpose. right? They want to know what makes them, them. So according to a research group, identity is determined and influenced by a variety of internal and external factors such as society, family, loved ones, ethnicity, race, culture, location, opportunities, interests, appearance, self-expression, and life experience. And when you consider that list, you can easily see why there's a massive identity crisis mm -hmm. in our world. And I'm not talking about the identity crisis that has you buying a Harley Davidson wearing leather jackets and sunglasses at, at <clears throat> night. Almost there. Almost there? That's you. I'm looking at motorcycle. Once he once you hit once he dunks the basketball, you have permission to get a motorcycle. Dude, that'll be so a Tori high told point. me to tell you. That's, that's not the not midpoint. Fair. That'll be the high point. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're talking about the identity crisis that causes deep kind of frustration in our lives. We're trying to figure out who are we and who are we truly supposed to be and how are we supposed to define ourselves. Now that list has really good factors to help tell a story of who we are and where we come from, but they are not a primary indicator of who we are. But for many, that's exactly how we define ourselves. Prime example, open up Instagram, open up Facebook. You have 120 characters to tell the world who you are in your in your bio. How do you do it? You put parent, teacher, student, athlete, pastor, lawyer, doctor. Do you put that's your your occupation? Do you put what do you put in there? That's usually how you define yourselves. And you're telling the world this is who I am. Now, all those things are good, but for being honest, all those things are also temporary statuses or circumstances. Right? So if, if Josh says I'm a student of Palmer Seminary in 2028. Ooh. Like he's going to graduate Take in 2028. 
But anyways, <laughs> might be take longer than that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But like, at what point are you no longer a student hmm. when you graduate? So what are you now? Right, uh, that'll be in my bio forever. Alumni, alumni, <laughs> like Palmer, seventy-five years old, wearing yeah. uh, his Letterman jacket. <laughs> yeah. When I grew up, though, uh, two kind of things I kind of wrapped my identity in and kind of embraced were: I was a soccer player and I was a pastor's kid. Everything in my life kind of were dictated by those two things: my schedule, my time, my money. All that was wrapped up in those two things. And to summarize a long story, that's for another day. The most crucial and pivotal moment in my spiritual life was in a moment when both those things were seen to be falling apart. Mm. When I thought church hurt was going to cause my dad to leave, or whenever I had a, a very difficult injury that took months to recover from, everything I embraced as my identity was crashing down all around me. They were just temporary things, though, because I really don't like playing soccer that much anymore, mainly because of that one injury 13 sure. years ago, right. but I just don't do it anymore. My dad's a retired pastor, but you're, really you're a pastor's kid for life. Once you're in that, you are. But we are told often in society that what we do determines who we are. Mm-hmm. What we do determines who we are. You meet someone and you typically ask the question, what do you do? As if that's the most important thing about that person. That's usually one of the first questions we ask people. And once you know what they do, you have years of societal influence that will dictate how you react to that person the rest of the conversation. You don't believe me? Three of us are in ministry. Three of us can say we're pastors. Have you ever been in an uncomfortable situation where someone said, what do you do? And you're a pastor and they didn't want to talk to you again? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like every plane ride. every time haircuts, I get a haircut. Yeah. yeah. Haircut, plane <laughs> ride, yeah. uh, whitewater rafting. They usually, they usually end up either they don't want to talk to you or they're going to apologize for everything that they've said recently in your presence. Like, I'm so sorry. I don't always cuss. I sometimes go to church and they start defending themselves, right? Yeah. Right. So, like, I was just going to say the last two times I've gotten a haircut, it has gone so the opposite. And they've been like, they loved it. Asked, asked for information about oh, the cool. church. That's like, great. hey, I really want to come to church. Like, it's so cool that you're a pastor. But I feel like more often than not, it's like, People, because when people hear that, they start acting different. Right. You know, Candace has actually kind of made fun of it. And like, she knows that I don't want people to act different around me, mm-hmm. but uh, she'll mess with her friends when they're around me. And like, yeah, if right, one of them yeah. says a cuss word, they'll be like, she'll be like, Josh is really offended that you did that. <laughs> and then so they, I'm like, stop doing that. Like, yeah. I, I don't want people to like think that I'm like. Have you ever gone the other way where you try and act like not weird or not, uh, maybe more like, into culture then like oh, too much though yeah yeah it's like i start like cussing like, with them like <laughs> well, I, I dude i don't i haven't gone that yeah. far yeah no but, i but think it's great like uh, hey uh lady gaga huh <laughs> <laughs> how about that <laughs> i don't know anything about her but <laughs> yeah that's funny but we do with other people too like when you meet a lawyer mm-hmm. you think they're just naturally a liar sometimes right what why are you pointing at me we used to debate whether it was pronounced lawyer or lawyer mm-hmm. how did i just say it you said lawyer. All right. That's Easy. the way that I said it. And Phil and everybody made fun of me. <laughs> is it wrong? Sorry. Lawyer I hate to. What I'm lawyer? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's law, though. And then. We have like, some weirdos I, listening who are lawyers. Liar. I just switched it. I, they so will tell us which one's I right. I think Samantha Koreski told me it's lawyer. <laughs> so All right. Sorry. I, I think I'm wrong. I just liked hearing that. Sorry. I totally just you get interrupted it. your story. Or a politician. Right? You just automatically think they're just a terrible human being who's probably out to get you because they work for the, the, for the man. Right? Yeah. But we do this all the time. But as a Christian, I believe that most of the time we are approaching identity from the wrong angle. And I believe many of us are. What you do is not the most important thing about you. Yep. If you no longer did that thing, would you still matter? Hmm. Yeah. Right. To, to quote Tony Stark, 
take off the suit. What are you? Mm. Or she says billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, right? <laughs> but like, you know, right? You take off that job, you take off that one thing that you indicate as your identity marker, what are you? Sometimes though, we sometimes put our stock in what we do. So when we take that thing away from us, we actually feel like we don't longer value, right? right? We, it's the only thing that we exist. It's the only reason why we have purpose in life. So that thing's now gone and we just fall apart. But I, what we want you to hear today is who you are is determined by whose you are. You were made in the image of God. You bear the image of the Father, and He loves you so much. He bestows upon you value, dignity, and honor just because you look like your Heavenly Father. <clears throat> so much love for you that He sent Jesus to bring you home to the Father when you were distant from Him. You today, as a believer, are a child of God, and that is the most important thing about you. Yep. You belong to Jesus, and who you are determines then what you do. So who you are is determined by whose you are, and who you are then determines what you do. As a follower of Jesus and a child of God, primarily, you then live it out in the different spheres that God has placed you in, right? The spheres of influence as a parent, as a teacher, a student, an athlete, where God has placed you, but that is always second, right? So first, you are a Christian, you're a child of God before you are a parent, all right? I, I, in youth ministry, I know you all have seen this too, when all the stock a parent has is in their children. Yeah. I am a parent. Everything rises and falls on that, and you see the heartbreak that that sometimes can give, but what if we started changing it to see that our identity in Christ determines what we do and how we go about doing that? You, as a Christian, are a new person. You have a new name, and Scripture says you have a new heart, a new life, and a fresh new start. I love how Peter summarizes this idea in uh, the book of First Peter when he's talking to struggling Christians who are dealing with identity issues because they're trying to figure out, should we go back to being Jewish? Because when we were Jewish, the Romans didn't hate us that much. It wasn't that bad. But he says to them in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, 10, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Those are pretty good identity markers, right? If you're identify that, chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. He just says you now have an identity in Jesus, but you also find not just your identity, you also find your purpose. <clears throat> He says, yes, you are chosen. Yes, you are royal. Yes, you're holy. Yes, you're special so that you tell others about the glory of Jesus. You live out the purpose that he has for you, declares goodness and his mercy and his love. So three things I want you to kind of remember today is that always remember whose child you are. Before anything else, you are God's child. And who you are is determined by whose you are. And then who you are determines what you do. Have you all seen that identity struggle in your own life? I mean, has that been something that you've dealt with? Yeah, so we actually just, uh, Lisa Williams taught at Student Life on Sunday night. This and is what inspired me to do this. Yeah, she, well, she, that and that she absolutely crushed it, like talking about identity. Mm -hmm. And you could tell like anytime that that comes up with the students, it's, it's something you can tell, like you kind of get their attention because they start to see, oh, you know what? My identity is totally built on being a boyfriend, being a girlfriend, being an athlete, different things like that. Um, I can I can think of a student um, that w I had a conversation with three or four years ago, and everything about this person it was all sports. Everything was wrapped up in what kind of athlete can I be? What kind of scholarships can I get? How can I play at the highest level? And it was everything for this person. And the, that's the problem. Like you you mentioned, like hey, all these other titles and things about us change. So we need to 
root our identity in something that's not ever going to change, something right. unchanging, which is Jesus. You know, if I, my identity is in what Jesus says about me and who Jesus is, like, that can never change. Uh, but if my identity is it was in <laughs> what, how great of a soccer player I was in high school, like, okay, amazing, I'm, I'm definitely going to have an identity crisis because that's not always going to be my identity. So I, I can think of conversations I've had with students where it was like, hey, you are so caught up, like everything to you about your identity is just in what kind of athlete you are, but you're one ACL tear away. You're, you know, you hear it from pro athletes all the time, you know, like, oh, football was my life. Baseball was my life. And then all of a sudden you can't play for some other circumstances. And these people have no idea who they are anymore. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, kind of to reiterate what Scott had already said, like make sure the things that are the most important to you, the the things where you find your identity is in the thing that is unchanging and never going to leave you because everything else is temporary and can be broken and can be taken away from you. Yeah. yeah. That's the, all these different transitions in life from, you see, like you just talked about coming out of high school, like you're so excited you get to the other side and you start college or you start uh, work or something like that. Uh, as a youth pastor, I know I have seen, and I think you've probably seen, and you've probably seen too, where there for young people can be a depression that comes mm. after mm -hmm. that big transition yeah. because, oh, I used to be in a classroom and in a school with 30 of my friends, and now those friends are all over the country and I don't have that identity that I had. I'm not that popular kid at the lunch table or at sports or, and then you see uh, later where uh, parents do the same thing with their kids and they live uh, all about their kids and they center it about the kids and then the kids graduate high school and they go off to college and they have that same identity crisis where this is what I've been. I've been mom. For yeah. So I don't know who years. I am anymore. I don't know who I yeah. am. And then you see another transition. There are other ones too along the way. Uh, with tragic things that can happen, but also when someone retires, mm -hmm. that same thing. It, if you've ever met a person that has become really bitter, uh, and just at everybody, not at you in particular, but just this person used to be different, a lot of times this transition is where they fumbled, where they were a really important person in an organization or something like that, and all of a sudden... You know, they had worked all their time to that, and then that's no longer there. And yeah. now they are uh, used to having that attention and used to having that respect. And now they're trying to demand that from everybody around them and then disappointed when yeah. that doesn't happen. And that's such an important... I'm already, and I've tried to live in such a way where when I get to that point where I'm no longer a pastor or in the, in the way that I am right now, that I'll be ready for that and to remember that I am just occupying a seat for a little while. Here at Clarksburg Baptist Church, a church that's 175 years old, you can see down in the lobby a picture collage of the, I don't even know, 50-something pastors yeah. in the history of Something this church. Like that, yeah. And it's a constant reminder <clears throat> to me that I am just occupying this space for a little while and I'll have a picture on a wall with my name and the date. And in 20 years, nobody's going to know who I am other than that little picture. And so I remember that I, my identity is not wrapped up in that, that I am just a steward of this position that God has given me. 
and I bring what I can to the position uh, and my best, and then I'm going to pass it on to somebody yeah. else at some point, and hopefully this continues on uh, until Jesus comes back. But it's a constant reminder to try and remember that yeah. this is just a temporary thing, and it's tough to do. I bet we've probably all three faced that, like where, like how much of my identity is in being a pastor. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I, I everybody probably deals with mm -hmm. that with their job, especially if they care a lot about their profession right. and their career. Like I was born to be a teacher. I was born to be a nurse. And so like, yeah, like one day you're not gonna be. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And there might be that painful time too, where someone has to come to you and tell you you're no longer good at what, I can't imagine the heartbreak yeah, there right. if your whole identity is wrapped right. up well, in You that thing. were just talking the other day about, you know, uh, hoping that you know when that time is up. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like you said, you're just, you're filling a seat right now. Uh, I think it was Sustainable Youth Ministry, one of the books that I read. They, they talk a lot about, you should always just see yourself as the interim yep. that's preparing the way for the next person to come after you. Yep. And so like, we've talked about that a lot. Like, like, man, when it's, when the time comes and this can't be part of my identity anymore, I hope that I can gracefully move away from that and say, right. hey, ultimately my identity is rooted in something better. Mm -hmm. It's rooted in Jesus and what J Jesus makes me. Um, but yeah, being able to say like, oh, dude, uh, like, let's not hold on to things. Let's prepare the way for the next right. person. And I think we, we probably struggle to do that when our Id identity is too much in being a great pastor. One uh, good test for that. Struggle to give things to people. Yeah. Well, so. one good test for that is could you celebrate the next person? Yeah. yeah. And when they have, and that's the, you know, I've, you've been in different youth positions mm -hmm. uh, as a youth pastor. I've had different, and that's when I have to check my heart when something good happens in the position you left. And then mm -hmm. you go, like, no, that's okay. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Right. This is the kingdom, you know, like, yeah. and, uh, so thinking of that, like one day my classroom or my job position will be uh, occupied by someone else. Can I live in such a way where I feel like I brought everything I could and I passed it on and then I can let it go and celebrate that thing? Because uh, that's just it. I don't think the church has done a great job of preparing people for that special yeah. transition. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that I, you know, I can do better at that yeah. than some I witnessed. And so for those of you who are listening and you struggle with that kind of identity crisis, also remember that you're not the only one dealing with this. Mm -hmm. And so be very careful with how you speak with people mm -hmm. uh, because they may or may not be going through that exact same thing right now. And the one thing you need to do is remember who you are and who you belong to, and that's Jesus, and make sure that that's the primary thing. I'm not saying it's always going to make it easier, right. but it will help to give you a better perspective of how you view transitions, how you view uh, setbacks, how you view, how, you, how you view trials. But when you think about other people, Make sure when you communicate with them that you don't put upon them that the only thing that matters about them is what they do. Yeah. Right? Don't, you know, if you meet a young family, the most important thing in their life is not, I mean, as a Christian, should not just be their kids. Right. So don't only talk about their kids. Mm -hmm. Right? I know there's like obligatory statements we're supposed to ask like young families. Stop asking them. Right? Yes, they are not sleeping. Just go into it thinking they're not sleeping. So don't ask. You getting any sleep? Just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, ask them just how their life is. Like, how's, their, like how's that, I mean, your favorite story is, uh, how's your soul? Yeah, it's like your yeah. favorite question to ask now. And we've talked about this before. It's like, mine's what's your story? Because yeah. yeah. it allows you to see people as people and you remove the things we label people with. That uh, When you put a label on somebody, you're automatically putting a standard that they will always live by. For example, I had a conversation with somebody the other day of like, 
do you say the homeless people? Or do you say someone who's temporarily homeless or someone who's temporarily without a home? So right. whenever, whenever I say, hey, that person is homeless, I am now putting a, a marker on them that that is their entire identity. And when I put that entire identity, I'm adding societal things that I think about that. And I'm also putting it on a standard that they're never going to be able to operate right. with under. And then they're never going to have hope. Yep. So we, we, we try to steer the conversations a different way to see people as people. Well, we do that too, constantly checking each other. Uh, we might, because we work closely with the Clarksburg Mission. Right. Uh, we don't want to think of people as mission people. We want to think of them as Sally, Bob, you know, people, because that's what they are. They have names. Yes, right. People and, and not projects. Just like you do. You yeah, have a name. Similarly, we have an after-class program where we help uh, come alongside WI and minister to that. We don't think of them as after-class kids. We think of them as... WI kids. Children, yeah. And yeah, people that we can minister to. The other uh, flip side of this, too, is... When people aren't hitting what we think or society thinks as those identity markers for their age group or, for instance, uh, it's a very frustrating thing you've talked about before where people constantly ask you whether you're going to have kids, when you're having kids or not. Yeah. Right. Josh and Candace are, you know, I've been married five years now. Yeah, five years, and, we're uh, both 27. And, so. you know, that's a common thing we might say to someone. That's not okay. They are people. They have Worth it, God's eye. They don't, they don't need... They're the same thing with single people. Right, exactly. Like, that's where yeah. I was Dude, you're 30. Yeah. Get right. married. Well, right. That's not the most important thing yeah, about we've, it. We've heard you that. You are and a complete that's, person like, right now. Yeah, you hear that a lot in church culture, right, especially. Yeah. Like, well, when are you going to get married? When are you going like, to get your better half? Hey, maybe that's not the, that, the story up? for that person. <laughs> you know, That person is a person, and right. yeah. their identity is not wrapped up in who they're going to find one day. Yeah. Or 100%. whether it's going to happen. They are so. a whole person right now because yeah. of Jesus, not because their spouse has joined them in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that one, that one really sets me off. I love quite. the term like singles ministry. It makes us think like they're not a couple yet. They're half of a couple. Yeah. Know? They're not all the way of uh, the important body of the church. <laughs> and then you have churches who use singles ministry and it's really e-harmony. Yeah, it's basically and they're yeah. like trying to like match people to together. Like yeah. oh, hey! full circle back to the dad joke. Hey-o. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up today. And I just want to say thank you to these guys. Those dad jokes were awesome. Remember, we want to see some videos of you telling those dad jokes and we want to feature them on this very next podcast that we're gonna do. And Let's make a quick announcement about the very next podcast. The yes. next podcast will be our 15th Woo! episode. No Have one thought. Go back and Gotta hit them watch up. them all. We know Gotta that most of you all doubted we'd ever make it past 10, let alone 15. So with that statement, we we're now to announce that we are retiring from the... I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. Now, after the 15th podcast, we actually are going to take a break during the summertime just so we can all... We, we got church camps, vacations. Uh, vacations. There's just no way we can do it. Uh, but we're going to build it back up big time in the, the fall when the school year we'll starts back, back up. So go back, rewatch them, share some stuff. But we're going to go all out for that 15th episode. So we want you to be a part of that. So please send in those videos. And maybe we'll have a surprise guest. We're going to do something crazy. Do something crazy. Yeah. Weird. If 15 people comment on this video, you don't even want to know what Phil's going to do. <laughs> this next but you'll see... Once you comment, tune awesome. back in. As we close out today, let's remember the words of Rich McClure. Who's your, your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> we love you so much, weirdos, and we cannot wait to see you for our 15th episode next time. Hey, let's get weird, because normal isn't working. We love you. See ya. <laughs>